Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Iowan Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. Still in the bracket, unlike Iowa. Did they go down? They went down. They mm. went down hard uh, to rich the Richmond Spiders. Just wallow in that shame, if you will. Um, the I don't Richmond know what Spiders um, took down in the first round. Took down um, the mighty number five Iowa. While my my hog my hogs are still dancing and will still be dancing when this episode airs. If you watch it right away, (laughs) 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 probably will not be if you delay (laughs) and watch it three hours later. (laughs) Uh, All I know is one family from our church. And I'm just realizing now I have not gone to full screen. Uh, One family from our church uh, went to the girls game. Apparently there's a girls home game. Uh, I don't know if they won or lost. I have so so much invested in it, though. Let me tell you. Uh, (laughs) uh, But yeah, um, we're not here to talk about basketball. We're here to talk about because everyone's because everyone's talking about basketball. I am, but that would be one-sided. But everyone's talking about <laughs> basketball. We're talking about the things that no one talks about. That's true. Or at least that they seem to have uh, decided they're not talking about it anymore. Um, some background. Um, actually, I have to have to look up a video. Because um, I don't remember. I have to look up our, our list. Going back to uh, video response... Oh, number six. Is it six? six? Episode six. Response video. Number I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> episode six. Um, entitled The Complete Meltdown of Ioan Cap's Mind. Um, in this episode, we responded to a video by one Bruxy Cavey, who has recently entered the headlines and then very quickly disappeared from the headlines. Um and and in that episode, we dealt with his um, video. And 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 to be fair, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I found out. I just watched an episode where they said that Letter Kenny is in Ontario. Ontario, okay. Even even in the rurals, they can't get out of Ontario. Come <laughs> yeah, on, and, yeah, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Nope. Don't get me started. Figured out. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but in episode six, it's called the complete meltdown of now. Okay, mind because we were responding to a video by Bruxy Cavey, and that was back when I was in my bedroom, so my wife <laughs> wasn't able to go in the bedroom because I was what I was recording there, and uh, I was recording on my old laptop and. The connection is not great, so you might actually be better off listening to that one on audio, to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, not like we're much better right now. But <laughs> but in that video, we we respond to his video on... Wait, are you recording? <laughs> I am. Yes, I am. Uh, we respond to his video on whether or not okay. a Christian can be an anarchist, and he gives... He gives the uh, the answer politically. What is it? Politically, I'm not sure. Theologically, you better. And it is not at 
all of the way <laughs> that we would want to say. In fact, that answer almost sounds like something I could say until I find out what he means by it. Yeah. Oof. Uh, which again yeah. involved a meltdown so massive that it took out my internet. Um, <laughs> yeah. He basically he basically takes the opposite position from us on both questions he answered. Yeah. Again, it's well worth you guys listening he's an, to. He's an egalitarian anarchist when it comes to all the places you you most firmly should not be. Um and rejects anarchy when it comes to the state. Go listen to it. It's worth your time. Um but I want to give some background to what I was thinking at the time. At the time, what I was thinking, first of all, this is episode six. So still, um, Jeff and I are still somewhat new to this. And uh, we're still in some ways feeling each other out in in some ways, too. Um, And so when he suggests a video by Bruxy Cavey to respond to, uh, my initial response was, "Um, okay, I don't know what he thinks of this guy um (laughs) and uh you probably didn't think i had any opinion about him because why would i know about some canadian pastor some canadian pastor from ontario yeah but i and not even the letter kitty parts of ontario (laughs) but i actually did have some um interaction with bruxy cavey my interaction with bruxy cavey had to do with i had a friend uh, in back when I was living in Sioux Falls, who greatly respected um, Greg Boyd and Bruxy Cavey. Um, and he would tell me some of the things that he would hear from both of these guys. And I would, as gently as I could, push back. Um... And I very, very quickly saw him going in a direction, um, theologically, that I was nervous about. Because this was a good friend of mine. And potentially you could argue that I was too soft in my responses. Um, Mm. But ultimately, it was he was led by Bruxy and Greg Boyd down the path to eventually renouncing the Christian faith. Hmm. He renounced one by one of the of like essential doctrine after essential doctrine until he had left the faith, or as he would say, as he actually would use the phrase, he deconverted. And um, and so I had strong opinions about Bruxy, but I didn't know your opinions, and so I was just like, okay, let's hear him out. Let's let's just ha- let the video happen, and then as the video happened, um. I started realizing this was not as as was the case with the previous video response uh, a a person that we both were were we we liked we just didn't agree with the way he approached this issue um, which was episode five uh, how do you engage with someone engaging with a Christian anarchist um, w- where we responded to Greg Kokel um, but we both just utterly melted down at this um, me more because I was responding to it on the spot you more laughing at my response. Um, <laughs> but but that's where we come to and eventually i did open up to hit to jeff about my full engagement with with mr with mr cavey um 
Well, then recently, yeah, yeah. And Patrick Patrick says so much shouting, hilarious, hilarious shouting. Um, yes. <laughs> and I basically knew Brexit. So Brexit KB was Mennonite brethren, like my church technically was. I knew that he was the source for a lot of not the source, um, but the that that he was um emblematic and not irrelevant to the prevalence of <laughs> a lot of the denials of inerrancy and denials of penal substitutionary atonement that we were seeing in the um in the Mennonite brethren denomination. So so that that's what I knew from him. So when I saw that he addressed Christian anarchism, I was fairly certain or anarchism. I was fairly certain that I uh, that that uh, that I would not be impressed with the reasons because I had been thinking for a while about and I don't know from what platform I thought I would do this about responding to his video on inerrancy um, because I thought it was really bad, but. Any argument he made he made against inerrancy in the now in the video you now cannot find on the interwebs for reasons we're about to cover. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, just look just look at our past ten main videos, <laughs> and uh, you're more than covered. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and and what's interesting is I thought I might end up agreeing with him, but disagreeing with his reasons because of course as i said in my mind he was connected to unfairly or unfairly greg boyd because there was those two oh, figures right. and i know that greg boyd considers himself in some sense a christian anarchist though i right. don't largely agree with his reasons <laughs> um or or the first word of that of that appellation also fair um but uh <laughs> Um, uh, but ended up being so wrong. And again, very funny. You should watch it. Uh, um, uh, I kind of, I kind of want to go watch it again. It was, it was very fun anyway. Um, but, but recently he has come into the news. Um, walk us through, walk us through the controversy as much so, as we can say. So now, much like you can only piece together some of the early heresies by reading Irenaeus dunking on them, um, you're only going to be able to find this video in as much as um, in as much as there is any any part of that video leaking through um, the randiness of. Uh, that uh, the the just absolute randy catastrophe that was uh, that uh, episode number six, <laughs> um, um, and um, <laughs> but uh, but yes, in in um, in recent weeks, I guess um, it has. Um, been revealed that um, that Bruxy KB was in an eleven year long um, 
adulterous relationship with a with a woman uh, from the meeting house that began in a counseling pastoral counseling type situation when um, my understanding is that she was 23 and he was 46. Um, Sorry, clarification question, because I, it was my understanding that it happened 11 years ago. Not that it was an 11 year long, like it happened for some, for some years, but it happened 11 years ago. I think. Oh, I am not confident about that. Let me, let me just reread quickly. I, I think, I think the, the allegation is that it was ongoing. Um, right, but I don't, I don't know that it was 11 years. I thought, from what I remember, it was 11 years ago, um, and it was it happened for some time or something like that, but but the 11 years that it happened 11 years ago. But I'm... So, yeah, you could be... Um, it could be misremembering. Could be right about that, but I will. Um, I'll see what I can. Um, I'll uh, see what I can. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, regardless of that, of that, the length, there was a an incident, as you said, um, between him and a young married woman, and he yeah. himself was married at forty six with ki- with children. Um, yeah, and. This this incident, um, we're care- we're being careful not to state. You'll notice that we're trying to avoid the word affair, because it is the woman's allegation that it was non-consensual. Um, I'm going to do my best to keep my own inklings to myself because I don't want to put myself in a position of of overstating what I can say i'll just say we're just gonna we're gonna stick to the facts as they've been laid out the woman is alleging it's non-consensual for reasons that she's given um but it was something of an ongoing thing um and this allegation recently came to light um uh and what what happened from there um jeff so um so the the meeting house had a a and their board of overseers and i i'm not precisely sure what their ecclesiology is so i I, and i didn't dig into it but um they so sorry um it lasted for a number of years and began 11 years ago yes so whatever, yeah. whatever that means, that's, and, that's what we know. Yeah. Um, so you're right though. Began 11 years ago, lasted for a number of years, not clear when it yeah. ended. And we can't get, uh, and, and as much as I may have some opinions and I've, I've shared some opinions or, or some inklings in the discord, we're going to stick to what we can say and what we know. Which is an right. incident happened. She alleges that it's non-consensual. He alleges that it's it was an affair. She alleges it was non-consensual for he, for reasons that call, she gives. He calls it an affair. She disputes that characterization. Yes. Of it. Let's leave it like leave um, it at that. Um for now. Right. 
Um, um, yeah. And, and so, so the, so the meeting house, um, brought, brought these allegations forward, said that it would be conducting an investigation that, that, um, Roxy Cavey would be put on leave while they conducted the investigation. They came back with the results of their investigation and said, functionally, um, that the allegations are at least largely as advertised and that, and that Roxy Cavey was going to be asked to resign. Damning and, enough and, that he is he would be asked to resign and he took and he took the offer. Correct. Correct. So so that's that's it. And then and then and then they have um they have removed all media that was produced and posted by the meeting house from the internet that had Bruxy Cavey in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally yeah. brought this up as, "Hey, we might get a takedown order." <laughs> um, um, I think that's unlikely at this point. Yeah, but but I originally the, the original mode in which I brought this up was, um, "Hey, if we get a takedown order on our channel, this is why." Uh huh. Well, and 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 to be fair some intrepid people have taken some of those teachings and moved them over to rumble very quickly um yes uh particularly some of the doctrinally questionable things that we've heard in the past um but but it's it's like this this is first of all the 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 rapidity with which they have memory hold almost everything that he's ever taught is wild now the more i think about like now let's we need to remember at this point this is not this is the anabaptist uh tradition and um and in 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 an Anabaptist tradition, like there, there's actually one of the articles uh, that we we've read in 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 thinking about this, is he he brings up the fact that the the closest thing to a doctrinal statement the Anabaptists have is actually an ethical statement, because right. that is most of what the Anabaptist tradition deals with is the question of ethics, and so for right. them it is very, and we say okay for everyone because it's biblical um, the tie of Doctrine to action is very tight, but especially among Anabaptists, such that um, people they will agree with, they will sometimes uh, push aside because of their actions. And so, like there, this this concept of dis, of separating a person's doctrine from actions is is n at least in in more I guess you could call more consistently Anabaptist tradition uh or th thinkers is, is not a concept like i can read um i can read the 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 books of a well you know there's a there's a there there are teachers who have had affairs and i can read their books and say you know as much as i disagree with this person's out um 
actions and I see this problem and we can maybe see some hints of what led to this problem in their writings. There's, we can still take some of their arguments and say, these are good arguments. Um, regardless, um, that is not a open possibility among many Anabaptists. Right. Um, and so that might somewhat explain this. <laughs> However, you might ask, why are we calling this episode We Don't Talk About Bruxy? Um, for me, the issue is not as much what the meeting house does. It is somewhat odd that I'm pretty sure this church was planted. The meeting house was planted by Bruxy Cavey for them to then memory hold. If it wasn't, he renamed it and relocated it. And yeah. So like if it, if it was a essentially yeah. entity, he renamed it and relocated it. It, it, he, I think he planted it, but if he didn't, he's essentially he a founding up. father of this place. Right. And, and uh, for them to memory hold the founding father without considering, Hey, maybe we just break this thing up. Um, is is somewhat interesting but for us the big issue is there have been people who have been sounding the alarm about bruxy for a long time and then there's tgc canada yeah. who have been somewhat muted in their criticism and potentially overly friendly toward um, Bruxy. There is one person in particular, and again, naming names, you better come at, if you're going to name names, you better have a reason. And, and I, I think we have good reason for naming names here. Um, one named Paul Carter. Uh, uh, he goes by Pastor Paul, Pastor Paul Carter on on Twitter. I think it might be some letters left out, but I don't I, I don't know. Don't don't go over to his Twitter feed. We're not trying to we're not trying to bum rush him or anything like that. Um, but but he himself underwent kind of a long period of back and forth. Like it started with kind of a, a respectful disagreement with my Anabaptist friends blog, and then he he had. One article, which is props to Bruxy Cavey for how he handled criticism. Um, those criticisms being ones that we would have expected TGC to bring. That's a whole other issue. Um, but then he actually in engaged in a series of discussions that he posted as articles called Seeking Clarity with Bruxy Cavey. Um, and he... Uh, and by the way, let, let's just say, um, Paul Carter is the most published author on TGC Canada. It's okay. not, we're not, we're not picking on, we're not picking on someone who has been occasionally published on TGC Canada. Mm -hmm. He is, I, I think far and away, <laughs> um, I, I think his, I think his bylines would would exceed the next two people put together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 in these articles and in these debates, these discussions, 
I wouldn't call them debates. He didn't push back too hard. It seemed he was trying to be agreeable and amenable and give some slight pushback. Um, which resulted in, in actually a theological statement coming out of TGC Canada Council as a whole, um, stating their expressed disagreement with Bruxy on the issues of atonement and inerrancy, which those are, by and large, his major problem areas. Um, that they lead to other problem areas, but those are the problem areas, the issue of the atonement and the issue of um, inerrancy. Though I would add a third area. And in fact, this third area is the very area that I lost my ever-living mind with on <laughs> in our response video. His response to the law of God, where his definition of Christian right. theological Christian anarchism was, we need to ditch the law of God. Right. And I... Right. I'm very carefully. I'm being trying to be careful not to uh, re <laughs> uh, re-engage that freak out that I had at that time. Um, uh, but but that is, a, I would say, a third area that we would have a problem with. Although you will notice that I think I think your face looked about this ridiculous when that video was made. Um, <laughs> it was about. It was about March. Yeah, it was March. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, so, and, and to be fair, there was another writer who you've drawn attention to me, draw my attention to, because he was responding to these responses. And, and one of the things that he kept pushing back on was that there were hints at more than just a slight disagreement or, or there was oh, sorry clear signs of more to this disagreement and more warning bells than tgc canada wanted to acknowledge that was able or willing to acknowledge at the time although there were some articles like uh he pointed out that there was a an article by clint humphrey um assessing bruxy on the atonement where he he does go harder on the subject um and but, this but it's interesting everything that comes from tgc canada even the stuff that's pretty good the the article from clint humphrey the 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 theological statement that they make in in response to bruxy cavey in the meeting house um starts with praising paul carter where where this this other author you mentioned, Eric, I think it's Eric Schumacher. That sounds right. Name. Um, but uh, it might be Schneider or something like that. Uh, yeah, some some vaguely dramatic name. <laughs> Eric is the first thing. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but uh, um, he he points out he points out that that uh, Paul Carter's interaction was, was far too often just giving a pass yeah. to Bruxy on these issues and, and letting him obfuscate and, and hide the ball way too easily. Yeah. 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 And, and to be fair, to be fair, uh, um, 
Brooksy's a very charismatic person. Of course. And yes. and that kind of person is very easy to get sucked into. Yeah. Um, which might somewhat explain the situation he found himself in. Um but but that's that's the sort of thing that happens. You get around this guy, and and I've I've been in situations like that before. Like I, I there was a guy who um, I was part of a ministry that we were on a fact finding mission to talk to this guy about um, a subject that we were troubled by some 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 things that we had heard, and um, I came in and I just. I, this guy was very. I had warning bells about him. I, I this is where I've, I'm. I'm learning to listen to the voice of the spirit. Where it'll be like I've got warning bells about a person, but then I'll let them talk me out of it. And this guy kind of let me t like talk me out of it. It started like uh, breaking down, and suddenly I was like, okay, maybe maybe you know, it's, it's, he's got good explanation for these things. And then the other guy I went with just to, like. I would have walked away from that situation completely sucked in by his charisma if not for the fact that this other guy with me was like, I know for a fact that you're lying about everything you just said to us. And I was just like, oh, I was not picking up any of that. And so, again, that happens where these, these very charismatic people can suck you in with their, uh, their, their um, explanations. Before you know it, you're agreeing to things you shouldn't have agreed to. But in the cold light of the next day, you should be able to reflect on the discussion and say, now hold on. So, all of this, because, okay, because, okay, let's make the connection here. The fact that he is minimizing the law of God, do you think, because even the video we responded to takes place after the incident, affair, whatever you want to call it, do you not, do you think that is not playing into his desire to negate the law of God and get rid of it? Right. Do we, do you think that doesn't, that plays into his desire to minimize the wrath of God against sin, which is what leads to his view on the atonement? Uh, do you think that it doesn't play into his desire to lessen the authority of scripture and, and the inerrancy of scripture, because then maybe those verses that would call him out on his sin, well, maybe we can relativize that to a certain place and time or a situation, whatever. It doesn't really apply here. Like, do we think that that doesn't play into it? Do we think, do, do we really think, again, to step into our, our Anabaptist friend's perspective, that these sin issues are not actually are, are not flowing from or even in some ways causing these doctrinal issues. Like I, I once again will remind us Romans one doesn't say that we suppress the truth of God uh, and then we become unrighteous. It says we suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. We want to sin and therefore we suppress the truth about God that would call us out on our sin so that we're free to call to go sin. And then God gives us over to our sin. Uh, and and that's that's the logic of Romans one. The, the, it starts with the it starts with morality leads to a theology and a lessening of theology, which is, leads to an unhooking, uh, an unhitching we could call it, uh, into further uh, immorality, and and then you know, God gives us over to it. He gives us what we want. Um. 
And so we can see the connection of his doctrine. This, and that's why, that's why when, when I was told about this, when, when Jeff brought this up in our Discord channel, I initially was like, that makes sense. My initial response wasn't shock. Like, like some other affairs have taken me, like some other pastoral affairs have taken me by surprise, but this one did not because I could see the seeds of it in his theology. And in his justification of certain sins, in his theology, yeah, just a whole thing. Some things are clear by retrospect, and some things just sort of go like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. That's, that seems right. That seems accurate. And so what this all could have been, what this all could have been, was a valuable learning experience for TGC Canada and for Paul Carter. This could all be a very valuable experience, as was my situation where I confronted this man um, in my former ministry, and I learned a valuable lesson of, like, first of all, if the Spirit is raising alarm bells, don't ignore those. Second of all, don't be taken in by the charisma. Be careful. Like, distance yourself. Don't want to be his friend so much that you want to explain. let him explain things away. Look for the holes in his argument. Valuable learning experiences I've learned uh, from, from that situation. And this could be one of them. And yet, the, the first article written after this event by Paul Carter was a blog article called Why Pastors Aren't Perfect. And... We go into this article and we I could just do a capital a uh, control F search. No mention. It comes up when you search Bruxy KV on TGC Canada, but no actual mention of Bruxy KV. There's statements in there about um, some pastors not, are not truly saved. Okay. And, and there's some good teaching. But at this point... When you are the guy who is known for platforming and introducing and even in many ways defending Bruxy Cavey well, to the Evangelical Church of Canada, don't you think you should take... For one thing, that subject leaves you open to dealing with the issue. Shouldn't he comment on it? Yeah, and think... This, the... For... for for those who um, who who might not understand how this how this sort of works in in Canadian equivalents, imagine um, who's the who's the most prolific article uh, writer for for TGC America? Uh, would it be Joe Carter? Joe Carter uh, would probably be up there. Yeah, he'd be one of them. He'd be I'll up. Say. He'd be probably. up there. Probably. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know who's the most prolific. I don't think anyone in, is quite as prolific. And TGC Canada doesn't hold the same place in the evangelical culture. Sure. Uh, as it does in the U.S. But it, it's 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 up there. Um, but uh -huh. so but so. Uh, so okay, rough equivalent equivalent would be like if if Joe Carter had this sort of relationship with Rick Warren, because that's kind of the level that 
Bruxy Cavey is at in Canada. Yeah. He, he's he's like the Rick Warren of right. of Canada. Um, and I imagine Rick Warren had much more significant theological problems. <laughs> um, and then this sort of scandal happened to Rick Warren. And then this article was written. Like, it's not like anyone doesn't know what you're writing about, my man. Like, <laughs> it, 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 it's um, when a pastor of that stature, of who is that well-known, who is much, much, much better known than the person writing this article, <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, when, when he goes down in such a public way like this, and then this article is written, there's no doubt what this article is about. Everyone knows why you're writing this article at this time. Yeah. So, so it's not like you're avoiding the issue or, or staying away from gossip or what, like, I don't know. I don't know what the excuse would be to not just own up to, to your part in this drama. Yeah. And, It's just uh, he doesn't make any comment on it in T on the TGC blog that he b- blogs at, um, or the 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 page that he blogs at. Um, he has his own personal blog that he hasn't. Uh, I mean, he hasn't. Doesn't seem like he posts as often as frequently there. Um, although interestingly enough, um, the last article he wrote was signs you might be a petty tribalist. Um. Uh, and then, you know, Gospel Coalition Canada, some of the most, uh, some of the top, um, things on their page is, uh, you know, the, the, um, what was it? Like, uh, uh, what what do they say? Um, gosh, there's one. Oh my goodness. That I'm, I'm looking for in particular, um, something like art. Oh, are you discerning or a, or a jerk or something like that? I saw it like something like that on on. Oh no no no! It's on their Twitter feed. It was something that they they tweeted was uh, um, from Nine Marks. Are you principled or just a contentious jerk? Um, these are some of the things that they've posted, um, since this all went down. Again now again. These these are not like improper arguments or articles. If they weren't, if this wasn't in uh, on the back end of such a public fall of someone that they previously had endorsed and and and, and endorsed in a way. Like sure, they they gave pushback, but they endorsed it in a way. And <laughs> and 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 yet they're willing to take on, quote, petty tribalists, uh, contentious jerks, without giving, and the irony is, they were called, this is, this is things that they would have called those who were calling out their treatment of Bruxy Cavey, and how, how light-handed they were being. And it turned out, they were Right. So this could be a this could have been, again this could have been a learning 
a learning moment for them to be like, oh, we should have maybe been listening to the petty tribalists. Maybe we should have been listening to the uh, the people we thought were just jerks. But instead, their silence becomes deafening for how much they stood behind this guy. That once he falls, their silence becomes deafening. And it's even worse than that. Listen to some tweets that have come from, from uh, Paul Carter. So this is... He... He writes this. By, like, in case we haven't made this clear enough, he is... All the while was explicitly downplaying the theological errors of yes. Bruxy Cavey, explicitly stating that Bruxy Cavey held to some version of penal substitutionary atonement. So even when TGC Canada comes back around and condemns the denial of penal substitutionary atonement, um, Carter is on record saying that Cavey doesn't deny penal substitution and atonement, even though he very, very clearly does. He calls it pure myth. Yeah. And here's what he says on, in a tweet. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I am more convinced than ever that errors in belief will eventually lead to errors in behavior. And he uses a you in behavior because Canada... We have to be willing to lovingly and courageously confront both if the church is to be a safe and vibrant body moving forward. God help! Exclamation point. Contextless. This is a really good tweet. In the context of recent events. First of all, how do you not read this as a response to that? Second of all, why has he not named him? And then, of course, this, the, okay, you might say I'm reaching, if not for the fact that an hour later he writes this. He quotes Proverbs 632 to 33, he who commits adultery lacks sense. He who does it destroys himself. He will get wounds and dishonor, and his grace will not be wiped away. Either it's a heck of a coincidence, or... He's got a very specific situation in mind, in which case, why not name it? Why not name it? Why not be explicit? I'm sorry, but like, if I, if I were, okay, let's go back to the art, <laughs> let's go back to the preambling i believe three or four where we are responding to the fact that we over hinted in our episode response to uh to al moeller <laughs> we felt the need to publicly repent for the fact that we over hinted we never actually explicitly said we didn't think that russia would invade ukraine we over hinted that we didn't think it would happen we felt the need to publicly repent over that. If, the, if I'm responsible for something like this, the rehabilitation of an apparent heretic for the evangelical world, and then it turns out that I was so dead wrong that something horrendous, like, I'm, I'm sorry, let's, let's check the timestamps on these articles. 
These articles are taking place in 2018. We're this incident happened 11 years ago. That's 2011. The incident had happened by the time he had these discussions. So that means he was talking to a man who was, who had had an affair at best, at worst, some kind of, yes, what some kind of whatever, you know what, what they're calling it. You when this is what happens if this is who you are i if i'm in his shoes i feel the absolute need to write an article to write an article a, a short blog a short statement to one of my blogs to my twitter something saying i am heartbroken over this situation and i am saddened that I did not say something like something to that effect. Like I, I could speak from about my friendship with him and saying, I am so sorrowful that I did not see more of what was going on and speak into that. And I am publicly sorry for the fact that I failed to do so. This was a public fall. I should say publicly something, something or, or, even better, he should say something like, I know that I publicly endorsed a man who secretly was doing this. And so, well, even though I can say I was acting on my best information, I have to say I was being unwise and I publicly repent of that. Like, I, I would have to say something like that, right? Like, there's something, like, just something about the honesty of, of uh, necessary in my own heart. I would have to say, guys, I screwed up. Whether it's a screw up of on the, on the of of friendship that I failed to use my friendship to seek deep the deeper issues that seem to be there, or the failure of of leadership that I was Im implying an endorsement that I should not have made, I need to say something, and especially like not an oblique blog about pastors falling and not being perfect not an oblique reference to to belief leading to action and and the 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 tragedy of 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 sexual immorality like i need to say something bold and something i need to have the courage to publicly repent right right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and at right as I at right as we're talking about this, um we should expect more vague tweeting from Paul Carter because um two more women have come forward unrelated to the previous investigation um, oh yeah of course this never happens so, just once no no not for years at a time and without being without being um without being confessed for 11 years no no i fully expected that i fully expected more to come out oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah oh absolutely it's just, it, frankly, it's just more confirmation that the allegations were true. 
it's not it's not really it's it's not really yeah. any, any and and these new allegations have not yet been investigated we're the 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 meeting house just informed um just informed their members last night by email that um and um and i'm just seeing it now so so these haven't been investigated there's no yeah. no proof of the new allegations but it's just more more evidence that this was a pattern this was a pattern that should have been perceived by people around him should have been seen um and um and is a a pattern rooted in i mean can we use the word antinomianism i mean that's the official term for what he was teaching and how he was living Mm -hmm. yeah antinomianism is always accompanied by licentiousness how can it not be like how can you deny the law of god uh and the and the the punishment of the of of breaking the law of god and not in some way be accompanied by licentiousness i mean why not if god's moral statements have no hold on you why not eat and drink for tomorrow we die like it, it doesn't make sense to do otherwise like it doesn't like you know, even Paul's, and I'm quoting Paul. Like I'm, uh, he even Paul the apostle gives gives indication in that direction. If there's if if there's no resurrection, let's eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Like why be moral? Why be? Um, and of course, the, by the resurrection, he's not just talking about the resurrection of life. He's talking about the resurrection of death. That there's going to be a command. That there's going to be a judgment on the last day. Why not sin? Why not go crazy on the sin? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense not to. I yeah. It. But here's the real issue. We could beat this this drum on on beat this 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 dead horse of not dead, but because the Bible is living and active. But beat this this subject to death of the law of god and the the absolute necessity of recentering the law of god and this being the the major issue the, there's a reason why the gospel coalition canada didn't bring up this issue with bruxy cavey because the gospel coalition on both sides of the border has problems with the law of god there's there's it's an iffy matter at most and out of all the things that we could compromise on, <coughs> the absolute moral authority of God's law, we can't, we can't, we can't bend on that. Um, this is why we've, we've just been going through the Chicago Statement on Inerrancy. We need to obey what God gives us for our obedience. And, and 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 the the give full authority to it. We could beat this one forever. That's what I'm saying. This is an important subject, and and, and uh, it's an important enough subject, and it's a subject that I care enough about that I know we'll come back to it. But right now, I want to deal with a different issue in our short time we have left in this episode. That is a subject of that I've already we've already kind of been talking about. Of public repentance 
I I tweeted this and and uh, I gave I also gave it with no context, but now I'm officially syncing it up to this context. Uh, but I said this on uh, March 16, 2022. Why are evangelical leaders seemingly incapable of repentance unless it is to signal left or because they've already been caught beyond cover up? I would gladly take any examples to the contrary, not to be proven wrong, but for the sake of optimism. I can't think of any. Like the only repentance I've ever heard of is people being like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize the, the, the nature of, of, uh, st structural racism. And I, I'm sorry. And I apologize to my African American brothers and sisters, you know, like it's always the signal left. If they repent it's the signal left to leftish issues, like it, there is never like I'm I'm praying for a public repentance from Paul Carter, but I am very not optimistic about it. I mean, I'm hoping for it. And if it happens, you will hear me on the next preambling after it comes out publicly give my repentance <laughs> and say, hey, he took his time, but he did it. And I will say nothing more. I will I, I will <laughs> close out the tabs that I have up on my computer watching his Twitter feed and his blog feed. I'm waiting for that to come, and I will say, yep, he did it. Great. Awesome. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. You know what we do? What do we do? We memory hole it. This goes back to the Megan Basham article we brought up. We, 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 we interacted with in, uh, oh, shoot, um... Uh, 49.5 and 50.5. I'm questioning the Protestant Pope and the gang embraces dispensationalism. Still my favorite title oh. we've ever come up with. Um, those two episodes, <laughs> uh, where we're responding to the Megan Basham article, where she brings, she has to find web archive editions of these articles, uh, because instead of publicly admitting that they did wrong or that they that they were led astray they just quietly deleted the articles right they just quietly delete the articles instead of owning up to their mistakes you know what here's the deal like i feel like this is the wild thing because you know what they're actually thinking why are they deleting these articles it's largely they're like oh it's just gonna be red meat to the haters they're gonna find out i was wrong and they're going to find this article that I was wrong on, and they're going to come at me and blah, blah, blah. No. Let me say, as a hater, using the air quotes, as a hater, if there is public repentance, I will accept it. I'm not even going to question the, the, the intent. If it is public repentance for a failure... That's good enough. Like if I if 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 there is if at any point someone comes on, okay, um here okay, skillet hat. John Cooper uh went on the uh dividing line with, with James White and publicly repented of his involvement in the Shaq movie. Like that he he wrote a song for them that was included in the movie and they they created a music video attached to the movie put it on their rec the record on on their their the album and he publicly repented and he he said I thought this at the time this was my reason for being involved in the project I was wrong 
and I need to own up to and I'm I'm and he's like he's like I'm glad you asked that about it or it was asked in an email and he said I wanted to bring it up on the he didn't even want to deal with it in the email he wanted to publicly on the podcast deal with it and say I was wrong and I need to repent of this and I I'll take it not just because I want to rock skillet's music that's part of it but because that's how you do it. When you're wrong, you admit it. You and and and, and like what are the, and, and and you'll get respect for it. See, that's the weirdest thing is we've got this sense inside of us that to to repent shows weakness. Right? That that it's it's a it's a it's a chink in our armor and we can't allow any chinks in our armor. But what is one of the most what is the, one of the most important and first things that they tell you as a parent? One of the most important things you can do when you do something when you when you mess up. The most important thing you can do is apologize to your child. Don't double down on your screw up. Right. Say daddy was wrong. I'm sorry. I should not have done that. Daddy was wrong. I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have whatever. Or I said I was going to do something and I didn't do it. And I, I apologize to you, my son, for having screwed up. <clears throat> Why? One, because they saw me screw up. Right? They saw that I screwed up. They know it. And so I'm just sending them the message that I'm a hypocrite. I am actually undermining my authority more by not apologizing. Second reason, because it is valuable for me to model repentance to teach them how to do it. This is part of being a leader. Modeling repentance of coming out and saying, I was wrong. And yet, we never see it happen. And it's not just among the uh, the the evangelical elites. It happens in our local churches. It happens in local church boards and elder boards and you've got people who screw up massively and refuse to take accountability. And if they do it's of some minor uh, off to the side thing. Like our our friends over at Restless um you know, are, 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 you know the, they're the podcast of record for the Young Wrestles and Reform Movement. You should go listen to them. And, and one of the things they, they, they've been talking about is they've been listening to Mark Driscoll talk about what he learned from his rise and fall, from his own rise and fall. And it's always what he has to repent over is meaningless side things. Like, that really have nothing to do with, with what actually was wrong. And clearly he hasn't learned. And he's out there. He's going to go destroy another church. It's clear. I guess what's going to happen. Um, but it's this, this inability to admit you're wrong, to repent about anything. And then we're like, why don't our churches confess their sins to one another? Well, they learn from the best. They learn from the best. You up there never acknowledging you're wrong or or like, you know, there's, there's that type of pastor who always finds a way to win the argument. Even if he loses, he'll find a way to make it really a win the next next time he comes back to the elder board meeting. Like there's that, that 
repenting of your mistakes, repenting of your failures, repenting of when you were wrong. These, uh, this is important for leaders to do. And so why don't we see our leaders doing more of it? I want to see any examples. Not of people go, who got caught. Not of people signaling left. People who can say, I was wrong about this person. What? Let's talk about this. With... There's a whole podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Are there any public repentances on that podcast? I haven't heard of any. No, not no, actually. Not really. Pe there people they... on there who, who said, I platformed this guy and I am sorry for it. I guess the closest the closest you have is people who are who are saying, "Yeah, I helped him. I helped him in the media ministry, and I didn't know I was creating a monster," sort of thing. Um, you've got people from his church, um, and 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 it's not clear sometimes the status of these people whether they're claiming to be believers even even anymore and and, and of course you know the, uh, and, and then we can get into a whole other issue of are they really learning their lesson or do we really think that again it's this whole thing of like hitler is this unique evil right we never learn the lesson of hitler because he, he's the the unique evil that that you know but but uh, same thing with mark driscoll he's this unique evil in evangelical life that we're not learning from any of it uh, any of the actual issues with him, which if you want to know the actual issues with them, don't listen to the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Listen to Restless Podcast. They will give you the right answer. Go listen to them right now. Um, but but Patrick brings up in the chat, says, had a pastor early in his time with our church, um, said he had undealt with sin and was abstaining from communion with us. Wow. That's amazing. That is that is leadership. And I bet you learn to respect that pastor all the more for having done so, right? Like, that is leadership. And then when everyone else saw that, they were like, okay, so do I have undealt with sin? Um, yeah, and then he's, he says, when I sinned with my kids on the way to church, I remembered that and did likewise. Um, which, by the way, uh, we've talked about this before. That's a great argument for weekly communion so that you miss it. This week, well, I'm going to deal with my sin and come to come back to church next week, having repented of it. Um, but, but like, yeah. I, and I want a service to be over so I can apologize because of how awful I felt. Um, my kids, okay. Oh, okay, Dad. We forgive you. Can we get McDonald's? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, like the, nothing was lost in your your authority over them. It, it, and honestly, you're going to have long term. The long term consequences are going to be important and not just for the one incidence but of a constant life of repenting to your kids which is why it's not just about admitting once it's about admitting every time and and sometimes i'll even admit to i'm not sure if it was sin or not to my kids where i'll say like i might have been right but i also might have been wrong but i want to repent to you anyway <laughs> in case i was wrong in the way the way i reacted uh son and be, and it's because it's so important that they learn 
And, and and even like uh, the big thing that I like to do also is like sometimes I'll be like you were wrong but I was wrong in how I responded to your being wrong <laughs> to say like no no you were still wrong but I should not have responded in that way like, we both need to repent here and there's kind of all, a lot of times it, it's great because it gives us an opportunity to together we will then pray to the Lord to to repent um but yeah so why is this particularly important for people who call themselves reformed? Well, I have a thought. It goes something like this. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. That sounds really wise. Did someone wise say that? Yeah, and then and then he had about 94 more things to say in that vein. <laughs> <laughs> The, feel like we should remember third, that once a year. Yeah, the third of which being, yet it does not mean solely inner repentance. Such inner repentance is worthless unless it produces various outward mortifications yes. of the flesh. Yes. Yes. And of course, you know, we, we often say that public sins or public... Let's let's go. Let's not just say sins. Public failures demand public response or public reaction, public confession. Like uh, it's the more public my sin, the more public my confession needs to be. If I sin against my family, I don't need to go before my whole church to say that, unless it's like an affair, you know. But if if it's just if it's just I overreacted to my kids, I repent to my kids. If I made an unwise decision with my family, like leadership, I confess it to my family. If I sinned against my church, I confess it to my church. If I sinned in a massively public way, I must confess in a public forum. That's why it was very appropriate for us, having made a mistake on a podcast, to confess it on a podcast. Because right. this is... We're confessing to the very people that we made the mistake in front of. It is necessary. In the same way that public mistakes need to be publicly called out. So it is quite galling to read articles and tweets. Are you principled or just a jerk? When the people who you are calling jerks were right in calling you out on principle. It is quite the gall to say, uh, to, to, to call out people of being uh, tribalistic. When the people telling you not to talk to this person who you're calling tribalistic were right saying that you should not have been associating with this person publicly. It is quite galling for people to call out people like Mark, like, uh, like John MacArthur when they have been right about the situation you called them out on. And has the, has there been any public repentance on the fact that John MacArthur was right on the subject of locking down his church and on masks? Is there, has there been any public repentance of people saying like, you know, as it turns out, uh, John was actually correct. Um, I was using the wisdom I should, I felt like I had at the time and it turns out his wisdom was better. So I'm sorry. None of that? 
Doesn't have to be, I sinned against you, John. Do, dost thou forgive me? I repent in dust and ashes. Like, it doesn't have to be that. Just a simple, you know what? He was kind of right. And I was wrong. And I, you know, I gotta, I gotta admit that. Like, we're not asking for much. I don't feel, I know everyone feels like us on the critical, uh, us who are critical of, of, of Big Eva, that we have, we're never satisfied. We're actually not asking for much. We're just asking for every once in a while, when it Never turns out that you were not wise, that you say, you know what? I wasn't being very wise then. But you never will say that. You'll never hear them say that. Never satisfied, but extremely easy to satisfy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and we should... And we should point out, I mean, this isn't, we, we can know part of this situation because the Eric Schneider was his name, uh, uh, was, uh, was the person who helped, uh, who wrote the original article I found and, and who helped organize, who gave us a lot of free show prep here. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, it, um, he, he was trying to bring these issues to Paul Carter's attention so that Paul Carter would not continually make these mistakes of soft peddling uh, Bruxy Cavey's heresies. And he was, for his efforts, blocked on all social, me- social media. Wait, say that again? I was distracted by the chat. Oh, um, it's probably worth Eric saying Schneider. I'm sorry. Probably worth saying again too. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Schneider, the 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 person who gave us all this free show prep and <laughs> and is has written all this about Bruxy Cavey, he was he was trying to draw Paul Carter's attention um to uh uh to some of some of Bruxy's errors and and uh and and some of the places where where Pastor Carter had soft pedaled, in doing so, with an amazing amount of grace, might I say, yeah, he was clear, he was straightforward. But I remember reading lots of like, well, I mean, it can be easy to overlook this because you're just talking to him, and he's very charismatic, and and he's right. he can he can talk you in circles and blah blah. blah. So he was very gracious. He gave. Paul Carter, many outs. Sorry, yes. go on. And lots of grace, and 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 for his efforts was blocked on all social media by Paul Carter. So, so this is not. But just, we're the petty tribalists. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So this is not just. Um. We're we're not we're not really we're not really speculating here <laughs> that that it's it's the that that um that they're seeing criticism of the way they handled this situation as being petty tribalists as as just being jerks as. And 
Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really inappropriate the way, um, the way this has been handled. Um, and, and it absolutely, um, um, it, it, it absolutely, I think, is appropriate to call Pastor Paul Carter to repentance here, mm-hmm. um, and not just, um, and and uh, and and not a, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's reaching. That's yeah. sorry, the word I was looking for. I don't think it's a reach to say this is yeah. a this is a situation where um, where there are several levels at which there are several several points at which the need for repentance is evident in this situation. I guess that's what I'm saying. It's um, and if and if he couldn't agree with one of them, then then there are <laughs> there's more than one reason uh more than more than one place to show uh that repentance is necessary so yeah yep um by the way what was happening um right there could you sorry my my headphones are getting weird could you say something real quick I am saying something. Very Thank you. Quickly. Okay, that's like okay. I couldn't tell if my headphone had gone on. Um, but uh, I was a, 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 in the process of Michael Malising, which is writing a tweet while on while in the middle of a podcast, and then I'm going to read that tweet out loud to the podcast. There you Does go. That all the time. Um, and this is what I'm writing and sending. The overlap of people who accuse others of being petty tribalists and who block anyone who gives them even slight pushback is almost a circle. Send tweet. Um, and also that's when I noticed that uh, Katie Room, our friend, is uh, t- up and tweeting, but didn't she just have a baby? So that feels correct. Uh <laughs> It's the the hours of a new mother. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, we should probably bring this to a close. And uh, but by the by, yeah. to, just to just to bring things full circle, guess who made the argument in 2018 that David was a rapist? Pastor Paul Carter, PGC hmm? Canada. No, for real, for real. I didn't even mean to find that just now, but wow. I just did a quick search <laughs> of of uh Pastor Paul Carter on on Twitter to see if there was any if there were any live updates <laughs> to give on his tweeting. Um and uh eesh. Uh, yeah fade, fade to black right there yep that's my that um, oh yep insert uh uh 
was that the song from that one show? Oh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm theme song begins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Any last words? You just letting out a heavy sigh basically could be our outro. <laughs> uh, it's true. <laughs> Any last words, brother? No, I, um, yeah, I think. We, as people who bear the name Christian, much less, much less people who, who, who bear the words of Christ and his sacraments before his people, um, we, we are given a, a sacred trust. It is not. It is it is no it is no light matter when when we we bring the gospel of Jesus Christ into disrepute um and 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 proclaiming pastors aren't perfect, and I know that was just a headline, but that's not enough. Like we we have to show genuine remorse yeah. over our sin, or else or else we are we are calling into question. Um, the the it, it, how much we truly believe in reality that sin separates us from a holy God, and and so if if it means anything to be gospel centered, it must mean that 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 at the very center of everything we do is the recognition that sin separates us from a holy God. And, and so anything, anything that minimizes that fact in an effort to be so-called gospel-centered is, is, is satanic. So I did have something to say, but now I'm done. Good words. And uh, Patrick gives good last words for this uh, show. Apologize and apologize often. It does more yes. than voting. <laughs> true. It's true. Um, and if you're in any especially like it applies to everyone. But it applies especially to you in whatever role of leadership you may have. Whether that's father, mother, running a business, uh, a boss over employees, church leader, like anytime you find yourself in a position of authority and influence, it is a 
incumbent upon your witness and also just practically as a leader to apologize often to publicly model admitting when you're wrong and and it is a, as you say it's a gospel matter the call of response to the gospel is believe is believe and repent and so when you're aware of your sin you need to repent to those for whom your sin is a stumbling block whether because it's against them or because they saw it and it's also and, and and even if it's not a sin even if it's a misjudgment it's a a lack of wisdom um just a simple mistake it is wise to admit it it is not a sign of weakness it is a sign of strength to admit when you're wrong and people will respect you for it and just and also to go to the, back to the beginning of of the whole bruxy issue theology matters it's not mere doctrinal purity what you believe affects what you do so be in the word let it tr be transformed by the renewing of your mind So, make sure that you uh, go like this cheery episode on YouTube. Uh, rate it five stars because we're such a. It was such an upper for your for your uh, your listening pleasure. <laughs> if you're if you're uh, listening to this, if you're listening to it on audio, uh, keep in mind that preambling is coming up later today, and it's going to be more fun than what this was. So go check it out on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> balance out <laughs> the, the dourness. Um, but seriously, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, following along. I, We've arguably, never been reformed. We've arguably never been more reformed than on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the serious ones and the uh, and the fun ones. Thank you for for being with us. Um. Uh, share it with someone. Share it with your friends. Share it on your social media. Share it with with uh. Um. Share it with your like. Share it with your pastor who you've seen publicly repent and say thank you so much. For not being this. Thank you for being someone who's modeled repentance for for us. Um, you know, or you could passive aggressively share share it with the pastor, with your leader or boss at work who has not admitted when they're wrong. Uh, you know, just be like, hey, this is an interesting episode. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and of course, uh, leave a comment on YouTube if you want to. Uh, let us know what you're thinking, how you're responding to this episode, or if you're listening to it on audio, or if you just want a more personal touch to to the comment, you can send us an email at anarchistbiblestudy at gmail.com. We promise we read emails that are not by bots, too. We read we emails by real people. If you send us one, we will read it. Um, just ask Carl Menger. Uh, it even if uh, it brought him back to the chat, so we can create. Re we can we can 
produce resurrections through uh, through the email. It's a, it's an active active miraculous format. Um, un- unless of course your email is going to be something to the effect of I am not wrong. I've never been wrong, and I never will be wrong. In which case, instead you can send that email to uh, Pope Pius X at vatican.ca <laughs> vatican.ca oh like the pope would be caught dead in canada that's where the truckers live um <laughs> <laughs> by the way he was totally going to i forgot he was totally going to come uh he was totally going to make a papal visit to canada to apologize for uh for the residential school thing um and then he didn't do it somehow somehow that just disappeared entirely (laughs) um and and i haven't heard anything about it since that was that was incredible Mm. i don't know how that happened (laughs) Mm. (laughs) we'd like an apology for uh jan hoos but okay um (laughs) (laughs) um but of course uh most importantly, go to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover and give us money. <laughs> For you know, because you know, it might not cheer you up, but it'll cheer us up. <laughs> um uh, and of course, join us again next week when we take Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible study. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Oh, I did nothing wrong. <laughs>